This podcast is designed to disrupt the way entrepreneurs and real estate agents think about their business and their life in order to grow themselves and their profitability. And Mike, what I want to disrupt about your thinking today is a dirty four letter word. And the four letter word that's incredibly controversial is goal. Do you have one or no? I love your take on stuff, man. (laughs) (laughs) I do have goals. Okay. Um, but what I use goals for is they give they they're a placeholder in my mind um, that that I can achieve something. So I try to set obnoxious, stupid goals, and then I try to break it down into what it would take to overcome uh, and and to get to those goals. So, so tell me about that. Then I want to dig into this because I, you know there there is a lot of um, there are a lot of approaches to goal setting, and and to working goals, and so. Um, you know, I've been on, I think I'm, I'm on both sides of the yeah. fence. I'm an independent voter when it comes to, um, goals and goal setting. Uh, so tell me about that. Then when you, you said you set big picture goals, um, in order to visualize, is that a long-term goal or a short-term goal? So I do both. I try to do a long-term intermediate and then short-term goals to kind of, to get to that bigger goal. If you, if I focus on the big goal, I become disheartened and think there's no way I'm going to hit that goal. Okay. By me taking goals and putting them in the chunks, I'm able to then actually visualize what it would take in order to do that. And I can then uh, put the processes in place so that I can order to, to achieve that short win. What's an example of a goal that you might have that's a long-term, if, if you can think of something that would be a long-term goal that you have um, cause I want to kind of work through this process of thinking about, um, tangibly, how could we do that? Do you have like a sales goal that you, that you might have for your real estate sales business? Yeah. So say I have a goal of, uh, say 150 units. Okay. Okay. And then I just try to break that down and I try to account for different seasons. So obviously, you know, the first three quarters are hotter than the fourth quarter typically. Um, so I try to account for that and then I try to break it break it down and then okay who on my team needs to do what in order to get to that goal okay so the the long-term goal for you is that long-term is in like one year or multiple years? oh i think that there i'm sorry i just gave one specific goal there's like a long-term goal so say um you would have like a um like a, a five year would be more of a long-term okay goal and that's where i've got brainstorm um i'd like to start a marketing company uh, I'd like to get that off the ground. Um, I would like to uh, start investing in real estate more. Like I have broad goals and then I have intermediate goals that will get me to that longer goal. Okay. So the intermediate goal then would be like your example of the 150 units. Right. Um, and that's a, that's a yearly goal. And then from there, you're, you're almost chunking it down to another intermediate goal is because you're going what quarterly and monthly I'm assuming. Yeah. And then I go to daily. How many activities do I need to do in order to get to that daily goal, to that weekly goal, to that monthly goal, to that, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, so you're starting with a long-term vision. So to put it in perspective, you're saying, Hey, we're going on vacation Mm -hmm. and then we're going to Florida and in order to go to Florida, we need to gas up the car, 
charge our phones for GPS, plan our route, figure out where we're going to stay and take all these, these intermediate actions. Once you've set the direction and the vision of where you want to go in the long term, then you're chunking it down to the next steps, the actionable items that you need to take in order to actually arrive at your vacation destination. The goal is the destination on the map. Okay. The end, the the long term goal. And then, how do you feel about it if you don't hit it? If you don't end up there? If you don't end up on vacation or in at that goal, how do you feel? To um, I okay. This is a great question. So I'm always assessing um, my situation, wins and losses. So even myself. So if I if I'm if I uh, if I fail at something, I want to understand why I failed at it. Am I, am I okay with, is it truly a, because there's failure is just not, I know cliche, it's just not doing it again. So I want to understand, okay, I didn't meet this goal. Why did I not meet this goal? And then I can make an adjustment. Is it something I could did? Okay. Then I need to fire myself. Am I, you know, should I, should I not be making the phone calls and be focusing on setting appointments? So yeah, um, that's kind of where I am from that. Position. So are you are you on pace to hit your goal for twenty? No. Okay, and how do you feel? How do you feel about that? <laughs> you know, does that give you anxiety? Uh, no. Okay, it, it doesn't. But I'm why doing not? Be- because I'm doing better than I would. It, to me, by having the goal, I've I, I'm doing better than I would have done if I had no goal. Got it. Got it. If that makes any sense. Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense to me. And this is where I struggle with the goal piece of it at times is because the reality is, is that there are like two camps. Well, there are multiple camps when it comes to this dirty four letter word of goal, but you know, there's the camp of set a really big ambitious goal. And then, um, that gives you some direction. And if you don't hit it, um, there's no emotional attachment to it. And then there's set realistic goals and, and then hit them. Um, and then there are those that are, their entire energy and being is attached to the goal and the outcome. Yeah. And, and that's, I think one of the challenging pieces for me, um, that in the past, I think I've actually been highly like goal attached. Okay. The goal and the achievement of that goal have defined how I see myself and therefore um, create a lot of like negative pull around whether or not we're on pace or off pace. Right. And in that energy that you're using yeah. to be disturbed about something, yeah. you could be placing it towards getting your goal. Towards your actually goal. solving the, solving <laughs> right. what's, what's keeping you from accomplishing yeah, your goal. Right? Yeah, and yeah. so that's the downside at times to setting goals. Is Are you setting goals because um, when you achieve them, it will change how you feel about yourself and the identity of who you are? Or are you setting goals so that you can build a strategic plan and run an actual business itself? Which one are you setting goals around? Is it to be to change who you are or to change the lives and the business that you go to work in every day? And those two things have a totally different yeah. essence to them as far as how you conduct your day-to-day business. Absolutely. Um, to me, uh, goals cast a vision. It allows me to be able to visualize something that, I mean, even the business that I'm doing, that we're doing now, like we're not, I'm not huge, but just to come in in the first couple of years, I had to have a vision, a big vision in order to aim for. And then you just kind of work towards it. So I'm not the type that 
you know, if you don't hit your goals, it's the end of the world. But if I'm not hitting my goals, I want to understand why I'm not hitting my goals. And if it's something that I can that I can make an adjustment or I make a tweak, it's a flag. It says to me, Mike, why aren't you hitting this goal? And then what do we need to do in order to kind of push that forward? So one of the approaches that we've made in our business here recently is, is I've actually struggled with, uh, with this concept of, of goals and, um, and achievement of them because, um, it'll be the second year in a row that we won't have accomplished our, um, our measurable goals. Um, and that, uh, has caused me to look up and say, okay, you know, what's holding us back? Is it the day to day? Is it the, um, is it a market condition? Is it me? Mm-hmm. Um, what what is it possibly that that has led to um, falling short of the 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 goals that we laid out? And um, one of the things that a I've realized is we haven't actually worked the plan, yeah. and so we've had a destination, and then we haven't taken the micro actions of right. actually accomplishing that desired right. outcome. And and so um, it, it's really caused me to spend a lot of time to dig into better like goal setting and and putting together a better plan and getting clarity because you know one of the things that we um, we hear a ton about is, is is goals are ubiquitous and that's the reason why I say that this is a dirty four letter word is because everyone is talking about goals they're like sexy pop culture conversation right. for the self improvement generation of YouTube right now and. And what's happened is what I found is it actually caused distraction for me to actually lose focus on the concept of setting goals and then hitting them. Right. Because everyone has their own idea of how you set goals and then accomplish them. And all of that created this like ambiguity and, and a lack of clarity for me. Yeah. And I needed clarity. And, and so what, what what I've been looking at then is this concept of, of, of OKRs or objectives and key results. And so Andy Grove, um, was the founder of, um, Intel and, and Andy Grove, uh, wrote a, wrote a book about the concept of goal setting from a strategic framework of setting an objective. And it aligns with exactly what you're saying is, is that, um, you set a five year aspirational vision for where you want your organization or your life to be and then you plan accordingly and when you have a big organization is when you set the aspirational vision the direction of where you're going to to hopefully arrive then everyone sets below you or around you their actionable steps in order to roll closer towards that aspirational objective yeah that's where most people fail yeah yeah so who did you quote Andy Grove. So you quote Andy Grove. I quote Mike Tyson. <laughs> so Andy Grove. I quote Mike Tyson. Delusions are only delusional when you don't accomplish the goal of making your delusions a reality. That's when it's delusional. So you set the big delusional goal. Yeah. And then you work towards it. And you're right. People. I mean, if you think about it, we see this actually show up um, in day to day business um, all the time, especially when you study Elon Musk, you know, Elon Musk is one that, that shows up incredibly delusional Yeah, and, and perceived by the conformist as one who would be wildly delusional. And yet if he hadn't done it over and over and over and delivered on his delusion, he would be delusional. Yeah. And yet what they call him instead is visionary Yeah, because he actually shows up and delivers eventually on the delusions that he spreads 
through his visionary message. And I bet you he's not limited by goals. I bet you no, he just no. spits stuff out and it just happens. Well, you know, one of the <laughs> one of the things that one of the things if you act so as we break that down, it's yeah. kind of on a tangent. I, I I'm a big Elon Musk fan, and and one of the things that um, Elon Musk talks about is that he doesn't his objective is whatever will change society. Yeah. So there is no monetary objective for him. It is, is a, what impact will this have on human society? And then will it's work backwards to first principles from there. And so uh, it's actually the same thing, which is set a big, a big missional objective of what, what will change society and humankind and then work backwards to first principles. And yes. so the analogy of uh, the example he uses around Tesla is that um, everyone said you couldn't build an affordable electric car. Right. right. When he said that they would build a Tesla Model 3 in the $30,000 range that everyone around him said not possible. Yeah. And yet when working to first principles thinking, what he realized was that um, batteries are just a makeup of elements. And when you buy the commodity of elements and combine them together, um, he could make a battery that was was costing $600 on the free market, he was able to make a battery for $80 right. when he stripped it down to buying elements. And so they start producing batteries in their own factory, as you know, and, and then um, they're able to make affordable electric cars by buying the commodity elements instead of buying mass produced batteries right. on the secondary market. And when you take that same approach to your business, it's create a big mission and then work backwards right. down to the first principles, yeah. which is what do you need to do today this week, this month, this quarter, this year, in order to get closer to your missional objective. Yeah. Just, I mean, that's what they did with the, by stating, I'm going to build a $30,000 electric car. And then you guys, everybody's, every, most people would just say, you can't do it. Yeah. And then he just, how do I do this if I do this? So, and he's proven that you can do it and he's doing it time and time again. So Andy Grove talks about in this um, objective and key results um, concept is that you you set a mission, which is how do you differentiate um, your business and who you are in order to play to win in the market that you're in? So what is your missional aspirational objective that differentiates you from um, others that are in the space in order for you to play to win in that arena. And then you create key results, which are really the lagging measurements because the, the missional objective is, is actually not quantifiable. Okay. Um, and so for instance, Google subscribes to the same concept of OKRs and, and, um, when Google's most recent CEO took over, they, they had a missional objective of becoming the most, um, used, uh, web browser. That was the missional objective is to be the most used web browser, because what they determined was that if they became the most used web browser, that the, that would be the equivalent of the market, the consumer saying this is the best product, right? Because no one would use a product that wasn't best in class okay. the most. And, and so from there, then they worked down to annualized key results or measurable and quantifiable, um, outcomes. And so big missional objective with a key result and then um, something that could be measured that goes, whether that was daily or right. weekly or quarterly that rolls up to that year end or quarterly goal. Okay. And, and so the challenge that I actually found is that 
Um, this is where communication, as we keep tying this all together, is this is where I struggle in, in communication and language is that when you say goal and I say objective, the way we put them together is your viewpoint of goal and the way you approach it is right. the same as the way I approach the objective key result concept. Right. And yet at times we can get lost in the yeah. fact that we're using two different descriptors to talk about the exact same thing. Yeah. And so, at, at, you know, both of us working with Keller Williams, we have the, you know, this concept of the GPS or the one, three, five. Yeah. It's the OKR system. Right. It is Andy Grove system put into culturized words specifically for Keller Williams, right. which is the one key objective, the three strategy, the three priorities right. and the five strategies that roll up to it. And it's, all of the distraction and all the different labels, all the different words, the different framing that people put around it that I think caused the ambiguity for yeah. me yeah. to go, okay, do I do GPS? Do I do Mike's goal setting? Do I do OKRs? What's and we're the doing best? the same thing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I had to have this yeah. like massive punch uh, in the face yeah. by, um, by finally um, realizing that we weren't going to hit our numbers again. And, um, and, and I had to ask myself if I was okay with that or yeah. not. And while it doesn't define me, I don't look at the numbers like, uh, like I once did when it, when it did more define me, it's still, I still run a for-profit business right. and I still have to make strategic decisions based on for-profit right. business, right. which needs to have goals and, and make strategies around them. And so, um, so when I look at it, I, uh, I'm just not happy with the fact that we weren't making the progress that I expected. Okay. And one of the things that we fail to take into account is that progress is actually what builds workplace fulfillment and satisfaction. Yeah. Relationships and progress. Yeah. And so if nothing else, the goal should be good for at least measuring your progress. That's it. Like yeah. see your point A to point B. Yeah. And the I'm I'm at a season of my life where I'm trying to lower anxiety. So yeah. I'm not, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to let goals, um, increase that, I, but it does allow me to understand, okay, if I'm not getting the results that I need, is it because of me? Okay. So if it's because of me, then maybe I need to look and bring in somebody world-class to, to fill that role so that I can then take it. I call it downshifting so I can then downshift and go to that next level. And so. I think this is important too when you when you talk about um, if you're not hitting goals to be able to distinguish where is the actual problem. It was and this can be hard is, is that you know right now there are a lot of people who aren't hitting their goals. In fact, um, I was talking with the team this week and and um, you know it's I, I struggle sometimes as a leader because I say what I want to say and yeah. what I do say yeah. differ at times because yeah. um, at times you have to allow people to live with their excuses Yeah, uh, because it's not the best battle to pick today. Yeah. And, and so in the moment I was, I allowed someone to live with their excuse and we'll, we'll hit it another day head on. However, um, as you know, um, inventory in today's market, um, late 2020, um, compared to 2017 in our market, Mike is down 65%. Yeah, I feel it. We, we have crazy. 6, 000, almost, sorry. We have 5,000 fewer homes for sale today in the market than we did four years ago. Yeah. And 
I was talking to my team because we weren't having the results that I, that I would like to have, or that really that they would like to have. They think they're my results. They're there. They're, they're, they're theirs. Yeah. Um, it's just my job to, to help usher Remind them that them, direction. Right. Them. And so as a leader, <laughs> it's push from the back to help get there. And then at times lead from the front. Right. And so, um, you know, uh, there was a few of them that haven't gotten outcomes that they seek for the last two to three weeks. And part of it is because what we're seeing is, is the acceleration of the depletion of inventory yeah. week by week by week, more homes are selling than being listed, which means every compounding week causes more and more of a shortage. Right. And now we're at a point where the, there are plenty of buyers or shoppers willing to raise their hand and yet very little to sell them. Yeah. And so I, I'm talking to my team this week about, Hey, what is it that, um, what is it that should be the one thing that you need to do? What is it that you need to win today in order to get you closer to your desired outcome? And, um, and I struggled so much yeah. in not hearing, I need to go get a listing. I need to not walk away from here until I have a new listing contract yeah. because listings are currently the currency of the ability oh to survive in the industry right now you like if you're a listing agent right now yeah. you're just you're killing it right that's now. right and you control everything that's right we we always knew that listing agents controlled the market now more than ever though yeah. and so what was just so frustrating to me was is that we had a strategy you could have a buyer strategy. You could be a buyer's agent. You could want to help someone buy 50 houses this year. That's fantastic. That was a great hypothesis that awesome. proves to not be true right now. Yeah. Because if you're not pivoting to going to get listings, you're wasting your time. Yeah. You will not likely roll up to that goal based on just the supply and demand. Yeah. Unless How you many come offers do you have to make? Yeah. Like, I mean, I have a client that I bet you we've made eight offers. Yeah. <laughs> So, so that's the point with goals though, is that when you set an objective and then you create a strategy around it, a daily action step that you're going to take in order to get to the goal, you have to also be willing to abandon the strategy. Yeah. Who knew that we were going to have a pandemic? Yeah. Who knew that there was going to be like 5,000 less homes, you know? So, so yeah, there, I guess that's a reason why I can give myself a little grace when I said at the beginning of the year, I wanted to be here, but instead I'm actually here. I've kind of given, given myself permission to give myself grace. Yeah. And, and, um, and I've, and I've do that with, I do that a lot too. And then I have to ask myself whether I'm excuse making for myself yeah, or not. And, yeah, um, and yeah. I think actually what, um, the mistake that I've made is actually not making the pivot sooner Yeah, is what we should have done was fully gone all in all on in listings, listings sooner than where we are now, which is, you know, we're at, uh, just last week in here in, in Indianapolis, at least the, the board saw two X, two times more pendings than new listings. Wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about depleting, yeah. right. Depleting inventory two yeah. to one, which means, you know, it's the equivalent of trying to go in, um, to the supermarket when the weather guy says there's going to be a blizzard, right? Yeah. Good luck buying bread, homie. Yeah, no Not eggs. happening. That's right. <laughs> Ain't no eggs. That's what it looks like right now. And so many people yeah. are unwilling or unable to make the change to a, to throw away their strategy, which is nothing more than a hypothesis. Yeah. It's nothing more than an educated guess on what you'll have to do every day in order to obtain that key result. Okay. And so 
what change do you need to make, Mike, in order to get to your goal of where you are if you're not on pace right now? I totally, I totally need to adjust because I'm very buyer heavy. <laughs> so I would, I need to adjust that. And that's something that I'll put in my, in my thing, but I have actually focused on listings. Um, I just got to get better at it. You know, what's interesting though, is, is that it may not be that you need to adjust whether or not you're willing to work with buyers. It may be whether or not you're willing to um, let go of how you work with them. Right. Right. Because there's still our wholesalers out buying homes right now. Mm -hmm. Still an awful lot of wholesalers that are buying off market properties mm -hmm. and off market properties or properties in general are the currency for buyers. Mm -hmm. And so if you have the ability to provide the buyers their crack, of the moment, which is yeah, a property. Absolutely. You then get to actually control a portion of the market as well, similar to sellers. That's why I guess that's why I'm, I, I leverage new construction so that's right. much. Yeah. So I create, I have so many buyers, I create inventory yeah. with new construction. So, um, that's a way that I'm able to now granted new construction has kind of gotten challenging. If you guys have tried to sell new construction, through some of the builders here recently. Um, but um, that's one way that I kind of have been able to alleviate that. Hey, you've made offers on five houses. Have you ever thought about building a house? Really? That's just as affordable? Let's go. And it's an easy sell at that point. Yeah, yeah. And so so the reality of goal setting is, is that in order to, in order to um, get to a desired outcome or to a, a desired objective, end result, First, you have to set one. Yeah. And then you have to not be attached with what you have to do in order to get to the missional objective. Adapt. That's right. Yeah, you have to adapt. And so in that strategy, what Andy Grove talked about in in, in his book, High Output Management, where he, where he really dissects um, more of, of the breakdown of goals. And what you'll find is actually, this is kind of the godfather of business books. And most, um, most businesses kind of ripped off and duplicated from here, which is really um, an evolution of Peter Drucker's book uh, prior to that. But um, what Andy Grove talks about is really that, that like, the, the plan is not important. The planning is what's most important. Okay. The goal setting is most important. The actual path that you have to take every day or every week, every month is not as important as actually having the plan together. And that's because every year what they would do at Intel was they would, they would put together their, their objective and then they would put together their plan and then throw the plan away and build a new plan every year. Because five years from now, the marketplace likely is going to look much different yeah. than it does today. Yeah. I mean, something like that, it, it changes so rapidly. If, if you're tied to this long-term thing, it could actually blindside you. Absolutely. It could leave you in the dust. Absolutely. In fact, that's a, this is, there's a, there's another book that, um, there's a, there was a Harvard professor, um, that, that talks about, um, the concept of the innovator's dilemma and, and in the innovator's dilemma, one of the case studies is, is Intel. And again, Andy Grove, and this is a perfect example and segue to it, which is, um, Intel wasn't initially in the microprocessor business and yet, uh, far and away the most dominant force in microprocessors. Right. right? And, and so the innovator dilemma that, that Intel faced was 
were they willing to pivot from their business model at the time of um, of still of being in the hardware business in order to pivot to microprocessors? Yeah, because knowing that when they would make a change would cause their existing business to eventually collapse mm -hmm. is uh, were they willing to change their strategy to stay in business because staying in business was more important than maintaining their current business objective and business goal. Right. We saw we see we saw it with Amazon. Yeah. Bezos pulled all of his best leaders out of each of their teams and moved them to the Amazon Prime project. Because his his long term belief was that two day shipping would be the direction of e commerce, and so he took all of his best leaders and moved them out of their departments and onto this new initiative of of uh, two day shipping, which now we know is Prime, because that was the direction he believed the, it was the a industry bookstore, was going. Yeah. It was yeah. a bookstore. Yeah, <laughs> I, I there's a funny story. It kind of is the same vein. I was at the. Did I tell the story about the TV guide? No. Okay, I was at I was in the grocery store. Oh, yeah. Did I did I tell you? All fair, you did. All yeah. fair. Okay, like the, there's a TV guide. At, I was checking out buying groceries. Like the magazine. Right? The magazine, the TV guide. And you know, I'm 40, so at 40 <laughs> years old, when I was a kid, TV guide yeah. told you what was on television. TV guide is a magazine now. They totally have like you don't. There is no guide anymore. Like if they would have kept being what they were, they would be extinct. That's right. And so us as business owners and entrepreneurs, we have to look at our business in the same way. There's pandemics happen. Guess what? You have to adapt. You know, maybe you were doing open houses every day or every, you know, five times a week. Those aren't, you know, probably as effective. So um, you just have to be able to be nimble and adaptable. So you have to start then and kind of in conclusion here, I want to wrap up a strategy here that I think really helped me. Sorry, you've got something. I do. Mike Tyson, one more time. <laughs> we all have a plan until we get punched in the mouth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So I think what, what helped, what's helped me is that, um, as an entrepreneur, as the leader, as, as the, as a founder, the, the strategic vision and objective starts with me. And then the um, the leadership team puts together the measurable key results, which are kind of those intermediary goals that you talked yeah. about that they believe will get us closer to our overall missional objective. And then every week, um, everyone on the team or everyone in the company sets a, a weekly objective that is measurable that they're going to accomplish in which they then at the beginning of the week define and and proclaim what they're going to accomplish to ever to the, the rest of the company and then each week we review okay this was your goal this was the outcome what's the gap right and then, and then you discuss the gap that's right blocking and tackling those little things how many phone calls did you make how many listing you know people did you call yeah. i mean for sell by owners yeah you said you were going to go to the gym this many days this week and you made it one instead which is this means if you're still in intending to accomplish this desired outcome how will you now make a new goal and plan in order to bridge the gap to the desired outcome and so it is it is large missional objective that's chunked down and then reviewed on a weekly basis and made public knowing that you are not your goal. Most importantly, yeah. in my opinion, most importantly, you are not your goal because it is the attachment to the goal that causes the struggle internally around whether we hit it or whether we do not the anxiety, the, the challenges that 
the reason why people shy away from goal setting from my experience is because of the emotional drain that comes from goal setting. And if they don't hit it, that's right. And, and, and it is, it is not a matter of, did you put the best strategic plan together? Because we, and as we talked about on our last episode, if something can go wrong, it will go wrong. Your plan will not work. It's the planning that is the most important part of it. And so let go of your attachment to the strategic plan in order to accomplish your desired objective. I guess earlier you said, am I okay not hitting my goal? The reason why I'm okay when I, if I don't hit my goal is because I track my activities and I'm doing the activities every day. And as long as I'm putting in the work and I know that I'm working like I know I'm working, <laughs> I can feel, I feel good knowing that I did my best. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It does. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's how I can answer that question. 